A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, I'm not Catherine Whitaker. It's David Law here. Uh, here on The Tennis Podcast, I've had a few days away, but I'm back. Um, under slightly upsetting circumstances not really the circumstances uh, with which i wanted to be back on the show i was planning to to come back on it next week um i should start by saying catherine is fine but we've had matt i think it's fair to say a pretty uh, traumatic couple of hours or at least catherine has on site tonight at roland garros we've got plenty of tennis to talk about we'll bring you all of that but just to explain where catherine is at the moment and why i'm presenting the show um she she got caught up in in an absolute mass of people tonight at Roland Garros and and it was kind of like a crush really um people um i saw some videos of of what happened outside court number 1 where people were trying to get into the Stan Wawrinka Grigor Dimitrov match that had been moved over from uh, Susan Longland court and just a huge number of people all trying to queue to get into an already full court um absolutely impossible area to pass through and uh, lots of screaming and kids upset and falling to the ground and um, Catherine eventually had to to escape by jumping into bushes on the side of the walkway um, and uh, and so not a pleasant situation she is fine we've sent her home for the night with a nightcap uh, and and she's going to be absolutely fine and and hopefully nobody else was 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 hurt either um, but it was it sounded pretty unpleasant Matt you you were there um, you were sort of uh, on your way over what what did you witness it's a very busy part of the grounds at the best of times and throw in all the extra people that were there because of the match being moved from Court Suzanne Longlen over to Court 1. And put simply, there were just too many people in a small space. And not only that, but these were people who had tickets for Wawrinka versus Dimitrov and they wanted to see that match and they couldn't because court one was already full. Therefore, they were quite angry and chanting and booing and acting kind of irrationally and creating a creating a situation. And it was a little bit a little bit dangerous to be honest because there was just too many people. And Catherine was caught up right in the middle of it, 
and I was a little I was sort of two or three minutes behind her. I hadn't quite made as much progress into the crowd, so I was able to hang back. Um, but Catherine was r- really caught up in the middle of it, and it was a distressing situation for for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she was pretty shaken up, but she is okay. We've spoken to her tonight. Matt uh, Matt looked after her, and um, it's it's just it's something though. I think it's fair to say, Matt, that, that the tournament are going to need to look at, isn't it? Because this could happen again. It could because we've spoken a lot on the podcast the whole week, really, about the crowds and almost in a bit of a joking way about, you know, when you get caught in a log jam and how it is a bit annoying that it takes 10 minutes to get from A to B when it really isn't that far. But there's a serious point here as well in that they're starting at maximum capacity and if there's anything, any kind of unforeseen circumstance, it creates this slightly chaotic situation. And as far as I understand it, the court Suzanne Longland ticket holders were simply not informed that the match had moved and therefore they felt a tremendous sense of injustice and there's just an there's just an organization issue that that needs to be looked at and in terms of the space they just don't have a lot to work with so it it very much is something that could happen again particularly if it's it's as badly organized as it seemed to be today that's court one is that is that the one that's going to get demolished court one is the ball ring which is getting demolished this is its last year and i believe the plan is to turn that whole area into a green space a spectator lawn and that to be honest will be i think a good thing because there needs to be some room to breathe in that area because it's a it's an intersection there's people coming coming and going from the actual grounds trying to get onto Chatrier queuing for drinks looking at the big screen and it, there's just too much at the moment and hopefully the the new plans will will just give us give us some space and alleviate the the sort of pressure and the just huge volume of people that are there yeah Hope so. Uh, let's hope that they can figure out some some solutions for the next week and a half, um, so that we don't have any any repeats of this. Um, but as you say, that sounds like something next year at least that that should be able to to help alleviate the issue. Catherine will be back tomorrow, uh, and I I'll, I can go out and have two beers um, <laughs> instead. Um, but it's 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 nice to talk to you, Matt. I think it's it's been f- so interesting for me for the first time in seven years of of having the tennis podcast and, and more than five hundred episodes to just be a listener. <laughs> I've never had this before, <laughs> and uh, and it's just been so interesting to hear your stories and tales from Roland Garros every night. And uh, you, you've got plenty more to tell from the court today because it has just been I think on the court a fantastic day hasn't it I mean it all started with uh, I I was watching all the early matches today and and they were all they were all the women's matches were the were the absolute corkers there there was one uh epic men's match as well I think it was Luca Pui wasn't it who was Mm. beaten in in five sets by I can't remember who now he was beaten by Martin Kleesan yes who, who I wrote is a crusher of tennis balls and a crusher of French dreams oh dear because he he he's one of these players who pops up every now and again and has a big result but Luca Pui really should have put him away because he he served for the match in the fifth set it was a match held over from yesterday but uh, no Luca Pui is out 
Wow. But the, the match that really caught the imagination and the big upset of the day was the loss of Karolina Pliskova, who, uh, a little bit like Martin Klesan, is a crusher of <laughs> dreams from a tennis podcast prediction sense because <laughs> Karolina Pliskova was picked to go all the way by certain members of this team. Uh, and Petra Martic of Croatia beat her in just quite stunning fashion, didn't she? I mean, I, I watched quite a bit of that match. And Martic is somebody we've known about for years, and I didn't realise that eight years ago she was a top 50 player. And then for a good three or four years, she was ranked in the high 100s and 200s since then. And it just hasn't happened from her. But she's got all sorts of spins. She hits slices. She hits beautiful kicking serves. She's She just caused Pliskova nightmares out there and, and got the job done. Biggest upset we've had, really. I mean, I suppose Burton's is is just as big, but that was a, a retirement. This this was a huge deal. Yeah, I was I was keeping an eye on it, and then suddenly I noticed a lot of messages from you in our WhatsApp group saying Petra Martic is playing absolutely beautifully out there, and I thought, right, okay, I need to, I really need to watch this now. And she was she was fantastic. Um, it was an interesting match because. Pliskova obviously lost the first set 6-3 and then we pulled up that stat that recently she's had really good form when she's lost the first set. She'd won six of her last nine matches when she'd been in that position and yet those matches were all coming on the WTA Tour when she, where she was able to call on Conchita Martinez and obviously here at the Slams she wasn't able to do that and I think you mentioned in a in a previous podcast with Catherine about how important you think Martinez is in terms of keeping Pliskova's spirits up in in those moments and keeping her energized and she was a little bit flat in that second set she she threatened to mount a comeback but it was never really coming because Martic was just playing so well and keeping her foot on the pedal but Pliskova wasn't quite able to find what she needed and it kind of raised that topic again of whether whether it's a good thing that the slams are different to the WTA Tour and that you're not allowed your coach. Mm. And I think Pliskova was asked afterwards what she thinks of on-court coaching, and she said, I don't think it should happen at all. Mm. She did, She, uh, which perhaps was a reflection that she thinks, having used on-court coaching so much on the tour was had a detrimental effect on her here at the slams mm. delighted by the way matt to hear you correctly pronounce uh, pronounce uh, conchita martinez <laughs> which yeah. uh, apparently catherine and i have been absolutely butchering for some time well my 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 languages degree had to help me somewhat i, I was unable to come up with the french for to choke yesterday but i've, I've got this spanish uh, Spanish pronunciation down, I think. Well, worry you not, uh, Matt, because uh, Brenda Parry has been in touch and says the French for to choke is, now I'm probably going to get this pronunciation (laughs) wrong as well, cracker. Uh, Yeah. um... Osaka no pa cracker. Does that sound right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Cracker. Oh, is it? Yeah, cracker. Okay. Sorry, Brenda. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, everybody from French... um background because uh, clearly I don't know what I'm talking about but yeah there we are the pronunciation corner is well underway here on the tennis podcast and uh, we, we've we've just um, uh, illuminated ourselves with another couple <laughs> uh, so that that's Pliskova out and Martic through it'll be interesting to see what else she can do over the course of the of the tournament you know we, we often see these 
incredible results, don't we? And you wonder, is it going to be backed up? Is is that player going to be somebody who can take that on from there and, and, and do something else? She's now got Kaya Kanepi, who is always in, in the, the last 16 of slams whilst doing next to nothing elsewhere. Um, but that is just a fascinating section of the draw because Kanepi has beaten Kudamatova, who is not somebody I knew an awful lot about, I have to say, who had beaten uh, Caroline Wozniacki in the first round despite losing the first six love bat then. But um, the other match, even better than Martic's performance, was that of Anastasia Sevastova, who beat Elise Mertens, 11-9 in the third set. And it was one of those matches where Twitter just takes off, mm. doesn't it? Because it, suddenly everybody was watching this match. It, the shot-making that was going on was just to die for. And from on both sides of the net, particularly Sevastova. And, and you know, we, we, we're going to get next Sevastova against Vondrasova, who's who's beaten Carla Suarez-Navarro. She's got that wonderful left-handed game and, and drop shots every... 10 seconds and and you can only imagine what Vondrasova against Sevastova is is going to be like but but what what was your sense of what you witnessed with Mertens and Sevastova today well variety was the word word of the morning on the women's side because we've we've spoken about how beautifully Martic played and then you Vondrasova had beaten Suarez Navarro with lefty spins and drop shots and all the variety she brings and then Sevastova just took it up another notch. Um, it was just an absolute joy, the whole match. Um, and we should say Mertens, I thought, was the perfect foil for Sevastova because she gave a solid, a solid, consistent ball that then kind of allowed Sevastova to pull out all her tricks. And Mertens tried to chase everything down, but Sevastova was drop-shotting, slicing, using angles... And yet she still had to save five match points because Mertens was playing that well. But Sevastova on each match point just came up with such gutsy tennis. On the on the first one, I think I said she went full Del Potro with a forehand, which, <laughs> which she just nailed into the corner. And there was another one with a swinging drive volley. A, there was one with a drop shot. Every oh, single... that forehand drop shot that she hit, the one that just yeah. went over the net and, and then sort of did like a... A right angle turn. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> How it, is it, it doing that? Its second bounce, I think, was outside the tram lines. I just, some sort of wizardry was going on there. Um, and it was really interesting because she, she gave a really nice interview to Catherine afterwards and, and she said, I was having so much fun, I didn't want the match to end. And we were all thinking that as well. And she also said that. She she was so gutsy on those match points because she felt she'd been too passive for the rest of the match. So she thought, I need to go for it now, and it paid off. It was it was fantastic to see. It's been quite an advert, hasn't it, this tournament so far for the final set that gets played out. And I think because we've had seventy sixty eight with John Isner and then the the twenty six twenty four that he had against Kevin Anderson at Wimbledon last year. Everybody's had a bit of a downer on the mm. the final set that you play out, and we've since subsequently had two more tournaments, Wimbledon and the Australian Open, both bring in final set tie breaks, albeit at different times. And I've certainly become one of those that has started to to campaign for the final set tie break, simply because I think a full stop is needed, and and I like the drama of those matches as well. But 
it's had a different feel here, hasn't it? In this match that we've described, Sevastova 11-9, we've had Airbear and um, Pear yesterday. We've we've had several. Yeah, I think at, at the Australian Open, I was completely convinced that a uh, match tiebreak or champions tiebreak first to 10 was was the solution because there were some absolute corkers there. And yet here we've we've had some real treats with seeing seeing them extended and, and maybe maybe that's okay maybe that's good maybe maybe both solutions are fine and we don't necessarily need uniformity across mm. the board. It was Andy Roddick who said that the other week to us, wasn't it, on the podcast? Yeah, and I, and I really think I agree with him because I've thought in the past it's silly that we haven't got the same rule, but if one isn't so much better than all the others doesn't make sense to just impose one let's why not have this variety and you know tie breaks to 10 can be fantastic i'm intrigued by what will happen at wimbledon where the tie break will come in at 12 all and then here as well it it just kind of works Mm. Yeah, uh, so there you are. There's a reminder as well of our Andy Roddick interview, which is available in our archives if you'd like to go back and listen. We've also got the Yanko Tipsarevich epic uh, interview that I did a few <laughs> weeks back, which uh, which is still up there. And there's also the Raphael Nadal story, which uh, Matt, Catherine and I all recorded just before the French Open. So it's all there in the uh, archive if you'd like to go and listen to some of those. We've got all the daily editions of the French Open podcast as well. Um, and uh, yeah, loads for you to go back and listen to tell your mates tell everybody you know about the tennis podcast so that they all get into it when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The rest of the day... 
uh, one of the the big highlights from well from a British perspective, Johanna Conter's performance, winning through six two six one today against. I'm sorry to say it, Matt. <laughs> Victoria Kozmova was. I mean, it was a masterclass. I don't. I don't think Kozmova had a good day today, did she? But still, I don't think she was given a lot of chance to have a good day. No, there's a tremendous sense of déjà vu here. Another another Grand Slam where I've been ever so slightly let down by uh, Victoria Kozmova. How dare she? I know, um, but it has to be said. She's going to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I already gave up in in the predictions but i was i was still backing her in terms of giving her visibility and wanting to know how she was doing but is she to... going to become your dimitrov that's that's you know starting to feel like that suddenly i know she's only 21 but no to be honest i think she would take dimitrov's career at this stage um but conta was so impressive because there's a there's a there are areas of Kuzmova's game that really can be exploited and she needs time and she needs to be set because her movement isn't great. And Conta just rushed her by being so aggressive and but yet so accurate. And it was a fantastic performance and the kind that just has been building and building since the Fed Cup, really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, so we've now got... Conta against Donna Vekic. They've had some battles in the past. Vekic, great win for her today against Belinda Bencic. Garbinia Muguruza, straight sets over Alina Svitolina. No surprise to any of us, I don't think, because Svitolina, I don't, well, she's not fully fit, is she? But Muguruza is starting to look a little more like the woman that has won this title before. Yeah, there's a, that regal air has kind of come back with her and that sort of ferociousness that she had when she was at her absolute best um and she said i i try to i try to approach each match like it's a final she 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 goes in with that intensity to every match at the moment and it's an interesting comparison i think to make with pliskova who is maybe someone who needed the on court coaching whereas muguruza i think we've said before seems to seems to thrive when she doesn't have it because that relationship we has she has with Sam Sumik doesn't seem to ever really help her on court and where she hasn't got to think about that at the slam she seems to be a lot more clear-minded and single sort of single-minded and focused and it really helps her tennis I think and she's got such a Crikey, you know you're, you're right I mean she must be the most underwhelming tour player yeah. out there relative to her Grand Slam success. and Especially at Roland Garros. I think she's now 27-5 and five here. She's got a really good record at Roland Garros. Well, I'll tell you, you are whetting the appetite for Sloane Stevens oh. against Garbini Magruther in the next round. That I am. I don't care what I'm doing, I am watching that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Everything else is cancelled. Yeah. So uh, that, that's still to come. Um in the, uh, the on the men's side of the draw today, we had Rafael Nadal losing a set of tennis against David Goffin. I mean, and it was it was same old, same old, really, for the first two sets, six one, six three. But then Goffin, who had been playing well, found his range a little and and hurt Nadal for a short amount of time. It was a joy to see Goffin really playing well again because he just hasn't for the past year 18 months or so he's been a little underwhelming he's had a few injuries but he really brought a high level today 
especially in the third set, but even in the first couple of sets, just Nadal was just so good in those sets. Um, but quite, quite nice to see Nadal tested. We don't often see that early on at the French Open. Um, and I think, if anything, it just made him find a higher gear and just gets him really properly into this tournament now. I, I wouldn't be too worried by the fact that he's lost the set, although... I know you were saying that you kind of thought the way Goffin was playing was perhaps a, a little blueprint for just a little reminder of what of what Djokovic can do to him. Yeah, and and not only him, I, I, and this may end up playing into Nadal's hands, I should say, because mm. I'm not saying that Goffin is like Djokovic. He's not as good as Djokovic, but there's a certain similarity to mm. where the the ball comes at you. And as there is with Kei Nishikori, who could end up being a quarterfinal opponent for Nadal. That might not be the worst opponent for him to have to face, um, just to kind of get used to that kind of down-the-line backhand assault that yeah. uh, that he's likely to face against Djokovic if they end up meeting. Yeah, well, they say Nishikori is kind of Djokovic light, and it's a yeah, it's it's just a pretty good warm up, really, of, of seeing the the angle of the ball is going to be similar, and Nadal will have to sort of hit similar shots against Nishikori that he'll have to hit against against Djokovic if they were to meet in the final. Long way to go, of course, because first of all, Nadal has got to face Juan Ignacio Londero from Argentina. What do you know about him? The Cordoba champion from earlier this year and my other Londero fact is that he's very loud he he has an incredibly loud grunt I was wandering by court one when he was playing Gasquet the other day and I thought what is that racket and realized that it was Londero from inside the stadium that I could hear yeah he's 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 great he's a he's a real clay court sort of specialist but yeah he's 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 pretty loud (laughs) Crikey, I'm looking forward to that because Nadal actually is pretty loud. I was watching with my kids today and and at times he was grunting and they were imitating him <laughs> and it was so funny to listen to them because they did, they were like, why is he doing that? <laughs> but, they, you know, they're trying to explain to them. Um, so that's uh, that's one match and the winner of that plays Nishikori or Benoit Pair, who had a slightly easier day's work because poor old Pablo Carrena Buster was forced to retire after the third set of their match. Kei Nishikori won 8-6 in the fifth against Laszlo Ger of, uh, of Serbia, who's had such a good year. Incredible win for Nishikori. And uh, then you went and tracked him down, I think, Matt. Tell us the story. I did. Well, we've heard all week Catherine's interview with him at the start of the tournament where he, he promised that he would do an underarm serve. And yet we just we hadn't seen it. So... And this to sort of mark, um, what is it, 30 years? Is it 30 years? Yeah, 30 years since Michael Chang. Since Michael Chang won this tournament, having hit an underarm serve against Ivan Lendl along the way. Yeah, Michael Chang coaching Kane Shikuri now. So we thought he would be honouring that by doing an underarm serve. So there I was, standing outside the press conference room, Roger Federer was in there. Kane Shikuri was in the dreaded after Roger Federer slot where Federer was doing it in multiple languages and taking his time. Anyway, eventually we, we shuffled in Kane Shikuri's press conference, me and about 30 probably Japanese journalists. And they always start with questions in English. So before the 
before the press conference, I was panicking, thinking, "Okay, I need to think of more questions here. We can't. I can't have only one question being about an underarm serve. Everyone's going to laugh at me." Um, so I asked him about his five, his deciding set record, which is so good. I asked him about Benoit Pair, and then just at the end, I said to him, "Kay, you you said in an interview before the tournament." that you were going to hit an underarm serve. I haven't seen it. Where is it? And he said, well, t- today just wasn't the match because it was it was so tight. And I said, okay, so what about in the next match? And he said, well, I need there to be an easy score. I need it to I need it to be I need to be in the lead and have an easy score and then I'll do it. But I wow. I, I kind of went away from that thinking, well, Nishikori likes to make life very difficult for himself at Grand Slams. <laughs> Chances are he's not going to have an easy score. So I'm not particularly hopeful that we're going to see one. No, no. He does have this stunning five-set record, doesn't it? What is it, about 20 wins and six defeats, something like that? Yeah, it's it's one of the best ever. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I, mean, I, I do think part of it is because he gets dragged into five-set <laughs> matches that he shouldn't be in. Be more efficient, Kay. Yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> well, anyway, well done to him for getting through. And he now faces Benoit Pair. Um, we, I should say, um, we've got Roger Federer against uh, Leo Mayer, who defeated Nicola Mahou uh, in four sets. Federer, I mean, there was a competitive third set. He won it on a tiebreak, but he does look in good fettle, doesn't he? I don't think he could have scripted this first week any better, really, because he's he's played three opponents who he's never played before, and I think he quite likes that because it keeps it fresh. He's he's just had straight sets wins. He had a little test today against Kasparud in the tie break, and yet he came through. He's not expended too much energy. He's he's moving well. He's hitting his forehand and serve well, which are two of the biggest keys for him, um, and. That just makes him more dangerous. The more energy he can conserve and the fact that he's got Leo Meyer to get into the quarterfinals of Roland Garros, Federer would absolutely take that. I mean, Meyer is a good player, but it could have been a whole lot worse for Federer's draw. And the further he goes, just the more dangerous he gets. Yeah, he does feel like he's on a just a free hit in a yeah. way. He's just swinging away, as we kind of thought he might. But still, to see him in this sort of form is is really interesting. And if he does get through that one, um, he doesn't really know his section at that point because it's supposed to be Stefanos Tsitsipas in terms of the seedings. But he's in a third set overnight against um, Filip Krajanovic, who he was leading two sets to love with Tsitsipas, and then he was, I think, 5-2 down in the third, and there was really bad light, and, and he managed to get it back to 5-all, and then they called it off. So they've got to come back tomorrow. And then Tsitsipas, if he gets through that, will face either Stan Wawrinka or Grigor Dimitrov, that match we were talking about earlier that got moved. And Wawrinka is two sets to love up, two tie breaks. Uh, he, he won those. But that's not over yet either. So, I don't know, Federer Tsitsipas is still what I think is going to be. I know you think Wawrinka is coming through that section, don't you? Well, I, I picked Tsitsipas at the start of the tournament, but I've been ever more impressed by Stan Wawrinka and I, I think Oh to, yeah it was Catherine I think who's gone Wawrinka isn't it Yeah I Is think right? I think Stan today against Dimitrov I didn't see a huge amount of the match because of what was what was going on but I got the feeling that it was kind of the story of their careers in that Stan was just better in the big moments you know the two tie breaks he 
he's done that. He's been a better big match player his whole career than Dimitrov this whole season and again tonight. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. The, I mean, it really does the mouth waters at the prospect of some of these matches. Oh, it, yeah. it, it, we are going to be in for a fantastic second week of this French Open, the way things are going just at the moment. So let's have a little look at the uh, the order of play for tomorrow, because it will all start at 11 o'clock local time, 10 in the UK. Simona Halep is up against Lesia Serenko. Uh, Halep having won through a three-setter uh, last night. Then we've got the resumption of Tsitsipas against Krajinovic. Uh, Novak Djokovic against Caruso of Italy. I can't remember his first name. It doesn't. They, they don't actually include his first name here. But anyway, uh, he's uh, he's the opponent of Djokovic. Let's just see if I can bring up the, uh, the first name of Mr. Caruso. It is... Uh, what's his name? Salvatore. Oh, there you yes. go. What a good Italian name that is. Uh, so, that, so that's who Djokovic is playing. And then we've got Monfils in action. And then the final match on Chatrier, Chatrier is Serena Williams against Sophia Kenin, who's a really good competitor. And uh, Serena will need to be on a game to get the job done there. Suzanne Longland sees uh, Fabio Fanini against Roberto Bautista Gut. I think that'll be a good match. Naomi Osaka against Katarina Siniakova. Uh, we'll see if Osaka continue her 16 match unbeaten run at Grand Slams Dominic Team against Pablo Cuevas uh, Ash Barty against Andrea Petkovic Zverev is out on uh, court Simone Mathieu against Dusan Lajevic and they actually played each other last year do you remember that? Um, mm. there was five setter uh, in my pre-tournament predictions I have rather boldly I perhaps regrettably I have Lajevic in the quarterfinals so I kind of wow. need him kind of need him to come through that one I hadn't actually realised that he came into this tournament having not won a match since that finally made in Monte Carlo right but he has won his first two matches in straight sets so I'm that was yeah five sets as you said last year so I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by how that one will go I might that's probably the match that I'll try and get out to first thing I think Mm. Well, we'll bring you the full gist, uh, the lowdown from courtside from Matt, uh, who is going to go out and see Zverev against Dusan Lajevic tomorrow. And then Vavrinka and Dimitrov will resume on court number one, not before 12 o'clock tomorrow after a doubles, uh, with uh, Vavrinka ahead by two sets to love. So, anything else, Matt, before we go? I think you need to kind of have a beer, don't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, it's been that kind of day. It's been it needs something to end with a beer. Something of a day which is ending, we are reliably informed by a message that has just come through from Catherine Whitaker, which says, update, my day is ending, standing in the street in a dressing gown as a result of a fire alarm at the hotel. Oh, goodness. And actually, I, I should say, Catherine, I had lunch with Catherine today and she she foresaw sort of woe in in the future of the day given given the lunch she had which was basically raw beef raw cow um it was it was bleeding and it was pretty much unedible actually um and and she said i i have a feeling this might repeat on me this afternoon Um, and yes so that was that was the start of it of it all 
Well, fortunately, this day is almost to end, <laughs> and uh, the tennis podcast will be back tomorrow, happier and jollier, and hopefully healthier, and with less uh, uh, of a traumatic experience to to relate to you. And we'll just be able to stick to what goes on on the court. But uh, that's been today, Matt. Great job. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you're enjoying our daily shows. I say uh, our daily shows. I've done next to nothing uh, except to go and watch Greatest Showman <laughs> at the cinema, which is fantastic. And yes, I did sing along um and we will be back tomorrow with another one of these uh, executive produced by tennisballs.com with our mascot rio with a y in association with the telegraph as i said earlier on tell your mates let everybody know you like the podcast and get them listening too and we'll be back tomorrow planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.